Greetings, my friends, and grace and peace to you from above. Friends, one of the great joys of living in the city of Chicago in the late 1980s was the opportunity to walk up to most local venues and purchase the same-day ticket for entry. By that, I mean one could jump onto the elevated or L train, ride the rails down into the city, and purchase a same-day ticket to enjoy something like the Chicago Museum of Art or the Chicago Museum of Natural History. One may also find a double-decker bus tour of the city architecture, some of the finest in the land, or jump on a bus and tour the gangsters and ghosts for the day. And of course, it goes without mentioning that in the late 1980s, one could walk up to the ticket booth at Wrigley Field and sit in the bleachers and watch Andre Dawson roam right field while you soaked up the sun for the afternoon as there were no lights yet installed at Wrigley Field and every game was a day game. But the coup de grace of all was the opportunity to walk up to the ticket window at the Chicago Stadium in time to watch the Chicago Bulls. Built in 1929, the stadium had installed one of the finest organs of all time. And of course, in the late 1980s, the stadium was home to one of the finest franchises in all sports history. Led by the GOAT, the greatest of all time, NBA basketball star, Michael Jordan. What a joy and privilege to have had the opportunity to plunk down a mere $58 for a seat next to the court in one of the finest old barns ever built. Listen to that organ bang out the national anthem and then to watch the goat wield and wind his way up and down the court, full tongue extension included in the price of admission. And when MJ was on the court, dare I say you did not get up to get a hot dog at the concession stand. No, sin of all sins, you stayed in your seat and you watched the magic happen. And that is the essence of the gospel story for today, my friends. When Jesus is in your front room, you don't get up and go into the kitchen to prepare the meal. No, don't worry. Jesus has takeout. You sit at the feet of Jesus and soak up the love and the lessons from the one who is love, from the one who wrote the original lesson plan. Now, I got to tell you, over the years of preaching on this pericope, I've had more critical feedback on this sermon than any other sermon I've ever preached. Folks get upset thinking Jesus is way too hard on Martha, while her sister is seemingly simply sitting down, letting her, Martha, do all the work. Most, if not all of us, are fairly familiar with the story. Jesus has come to the town of Bethany. You remember Bethany from other homilies I've given, Bethany is the place of rest for Jesus. Jesus has arrived in Bethany at the home of his good friends, Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. Martha is busy. Mary is sitting. Martha is the host, and any of us who have hosted a party know the many things there are to worry about. Timing of the food preparation. Oh, there's a knock on the door. Will someone pour the drinks, please? Are the appetizers out? Who let the dog in? And then there is Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, learning. Let me say this first. 
This story is not about hospitality. This story is about distractions and focus. I say it's not about hospitality because as we look at the first reading from today, the reading from Genesis chapter 18, we see that Abraham, while being hospitable, is all about focus to serve the Lord. Let's look at Genesis 18 just for a moment. Here's Abraham sitting out in the middle of the desert in the heat of the day. Old Abe looks up and he sees something curious. He sees three men standing nearby and he runs to greet them. Now, no one runs in the middle of the desert in the heat of the day. He bows low and says something even more curiously to the three. My Lord, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree since you have come to your servant. Notice first that Abraham addresses the three as a singular Lord and then changes to the plural, rest yourselves under the tree. Obviously, over the centuries, Christians have seen the three travelers as an echo towards the Trinity. And yet the response of Abraham is singular to the Lord. Or in other words, Abraham sees himself before the living, loving creator God of heaven and earth. This then is a theophany, which is a 25 cent word for an appearing of God. But here's the point I desire to make. When Abraham understands that this is the Lord, the creator God of heaven and earth, Abraham's entire focus boils down to one thing. His entire focus is on serving the Lord. Yes, the story shows Middle Eastern hospitality. Yes, I get that. They are in the middle of the desert in the heat of the day. Water and bread become essential for survival. Got it. But there's something deeper going on here, you see. Once you know you are dealing with the God of heaven, all of your focus, all of your attention should turn towards God. All your thoughts, every movement, all of your senses should turn towards God. And so, here in our gospel story today, all of Mary's thoughts, movements, senses, all of her focus, all of her attention turns towards God. You see, Mary has been paying attention. She's been listening to Jesus' words, seeing Jesus' actions, and most importantly, her heart has been strangely warmed by the love of God. And she rightly, therefore, takes a seat at the feet of Jesus. She has turned away from self and turned towards God. Mary is focused on the one thing. Now also, this is not a story about busy Martha and contemplative Mary. Or two kinds of personalities, two types of personalities has nothing to do with the point of the story. Don't go down that street or you will miss the turn. You'll miss the point. So if it's not about hospitality and it's not about personality styles, what is this story all about? Well, Luke tells us that as Martha was distracted by her many tasks, 
She complains to Jesus that Mary is just sitting around seemingly not doing any of the work. It's not only that that Mary isn't helping. It's even deeper than that. Mary is where the men are. Mary is doing what only the men are to be doing. Truly outrageous, scandalous even in that day. And Jesus answers her, Martha, Martha. Now, do you hear the intimacy in Jesus' voice? Do you hear that these are truly two friends who care for each other and can have a deep conversation which doesn't offend either one? Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. And there it is, friends. This is what this story is all about. Being worried and distracted by the many things and not focusing on the one thing. It's sometimes called monkey brain. The many voices one hears of all the many, many worries and distractions of the day. The never-ending to-do list. Thoughts on the actions and whereabouts of children or grandchildren. The good or poor relationship with your partner, friend, or spouse. The needs and maintenance of your car. COVID, the weather, the grass needs to be cut. Then the phone rings, which one feels requires an immediate response. And then being driven by, from event to another event to another event. By the end of the day, you're too exhausted to say goodnight to the dog or to the one you love the most. When we allow our worries and distractions to rule our lives, we lose focus. We lose the one thing. We become splintered in our thoughts and in our minds, divided in our hearts, and thus allow chaos to rule over community. Remember chaos in the Bible? Chaos in the water in Genesis and chaos on the water in the New Testament. That chaos in the water in Genesis is what God speaks into and creates community. The chaos on the water in the Gospels is what Jesus commands to be still. Now Luke tells us that Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. You see, Mary has been listening to Jesus. It's not that Jesus is saying, forget about all the details of life, to forget about the many things, to forget about your to-do list, where your children are, what your grandchildren are up to, the relationship with your friend, partner, or spouse, to forget about all the details and matters of life. No, that's not what Jesus is saying at all. However, Jesus is saying that amidst all of these, underneath all of these, surrounding all of these, conditioning all of these, shaping all of these, there is one thing. There is God. And when we focus on the one thing, the many things then fall into line. They fall into place. The chaos seems to melt away and disappear. And when I'm not focused on God, the one thing, then I become like Martha, driven by events, focused on self. I become anxious, distracted. By the way, the word for the Satan that comes to mind here is 
diabolos, meaning the divider, the many, the chaos. Now, Mary has chosen the better part, the one thing to focus on the Lord. She sees the rest of her life, the many things, in proper order lined up behind her focus on the one thing, on the Lord. The harmony and sweet melody of life then begins to sing as opposed to the changing noise and loud symbols of disorder and chaos. Remember, when you're in the stadium to watch Michael Jordan, you don't get up to get a hot dog. And when Jesus is present, stay on the one thing. Well, how do I do this, you ask? Good question. Get to the feet of Jesus. Start every day at the foot of the cross. Oh, I'm way too busy to do that. It takes, takes me time to wake up, and I need my coffee in the morning, and then my day just gets away, way, way too busy for that. Well, in the words of Dr. Phil, how's that been working for you? Simply start with 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. You can read some scripture. That's not the newspaper. You can listen to morning prayer. You can simply sit and listen. You can turn your phone off. Yes, turn your phone off. Put it away for 10 minutes. It won't destroy you, believe me. You can pray the Jesus prayer. As you breathe in, you breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You can simply breathe. You can take a piece of paper and write down all of those cares and worries, distractions, and then give them to the Lord. Give them to God. Say to God, Lord, here's my list today. Guide me and lead me in the paths you desire for me. Now, my friends, it's not easy to get to the feet of Jesus. You got to fight to get there. You got to start early. You got to turn the TV off the night before. You got to get to bed early. You got to rise before others and then get to the feet of Jesus. Now, look, we're all sinners here, right? Do I get to the feet of Jesus every day? Well, not every day, but I will say this. I get there most days. So if you enjoy living with worry and distraction, being driven by events rather than living and focusing on the one thing, then you can forget most of what you hear today. However, if joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and above all, Love are your desires, then get to the feet of Jesus. One more point, then we will conclude. If you thought the sermon from last week on the Good Samaritan was radical, this story about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus is doubly so. In this story, we see Jesus leading the way into the new creation of his resurrection. Even prior to his death and resurrection, Jesus begins to live out the ideal of new creation by allowing and inviting a woman to sit at his feet to listen to his teaching. The idea then being that a woman who sits at Jesus' feet would then in turn go forth and live the life of new life in Christ, 
sharing that light and love with whomever she comes into contact with. It is the fellowship and love of the Creator God joining with creation. This new creation and this new life being one where all are invited to sit at the feet of Jesus. All are welcome to come to him. All are offered the opportunity to shift from a life of chaos to a life of peace. And so, just like when you had a chance to watch Michael Jordan play basketball, we didn't get up to go buy a hot dog. Get to the feet of Jesus today, tomorrow, every day. Fight to get there. Let the worries and distractions of this world be aligned with the focus of new and abundant life in Christ. Get to the feet of Jesus. Amen. 